0: Uh, yeah.
1: She's a record breaker. Oh, no. You broke the Beatles record and a heartbreaker. Well, since we're here, was it like a ooh-la-la latte? <laughs> but Mariah Carey struggled growing up. You felt like an outcast. I felt completely different. Her family lived in fear. What kinds of things happened? Someone shot
2: through the window.
1: It influenced her music, even her audience.
3: Her music has really lifted me. She's the one that found that crack in my soul and just opened me up.
1: At least you know you're not alone. Mariah Carey and her mom talk about growing up biracial.
3: Next.
4: Hello and welcome. Back in time, the Mariah Report. I'm Dan Enriquez. I'm Martin Burgess. And we are here going back to 1999. It was a good time. It was a great time. Those days. Oh, yes. So this is November of 1999. The Rainbow album had just came out. Right. And this is when I was listening to Rainbow... I hadn't signed the papers yet. But you were like, she was in the background. She was she was on the playlist.
5: Yeah. I, at this point, I knew Mariah. I had had Daydream. Mm-hmm. I knew Honey was cute to me. I knew Hero from back in the day, the Christmas song, all of that. Yeah. But this I was listening to Rainbow and really loving it. And it was this Oprah episode that sealed the deal. Yeah, this is where
4: I think especially, like... Uh, after the Mariah divorce from Tommy, mm. where she really starts to show another side of her. She's just not that girl behind a microphone. I mean, yes, that happened a little bit in Honey and, like, the Butterfly era. Like, mm. woo-woo, crazy Mariah. But, like, this is, like, a personal side. You know what I mean? It's It was a very therapeutic moment, this Oprah episode for Mariah, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we got the mama. Yes. We're talking all the deep things. Well, now we're talking about being biracial, too, for the mm-hmm. first time. Right, and not just like it's not just a uh, like a, a little magazine article or like a little quote here or a mention from Mariah. This is a full hour episode where they go deep. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, w- watching this episode back, it's like this. It's perfection through and through. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. I get I sucked in
5: every single time. <laughs> I haven't seen it since it was on the air. Back in mm-hmm. back in 1999, I remember watching it with my mother in Australia, um, and watching it again I just was like wow I remember how profound this episode was yeah
4: especially back in the, nobody really was talking about They they there was obviously always race talk mm. but there wasn't biracial talk mm-hmm. it was something that wasn't really spoken of tw- what is it 21 years ago right I mean very rarely yeah. that's why when Mariah came out in 1990 she really was representation for so many people mm-hmm. and this episode talks about it a little later in the show we'll talk about some of the people that uh, wrote letters to Mariah and whatnot and whatnot—it's um, really, really amazing. Now, I also remember when this episode came out. It was she taped this hmm. the day after I first met her. In Chicago? Yes, in Chicago at the Virgin Mega Record Store and I remember when I was standing in line because back in the day there was like there was internet but there wasn't like crazy internet. It was where Mariah you could, like, Daly. Yeah, like there oh. was Mariah Daly but like you didn't get all the info like you can today. Right. So I didn't even know that she was doing Oprah until I was standing in line uh. and I was like what? She's doing Oprah tomorrow? I love Oprah. I want to go to Oprah. How can I get to Oprah? And nobody was giving me any information so I ended up not going. But oh no. I do remember being like because I was suspended from school so I did. I could stay home and watch Oprah.
5: <laughs> so I was living my best life. Mariah on Oprah full hour. Well, let's paint the picture of the era of the world in general. Mm-hmm. So Rainbow was out. It was 1999. The millennium is approaching. Y yep. two K is an issue. We think everything's going to turn off. Mm-hmm. It's a month. It's just like it's a month away. Yeah. <laughs> of everything having a breakdown. Remember that we thought everything electrical was just going to malfunction. Yeah,
4: I do. But you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But because I guess it was because like the technology was just a different thing. I was like, that's somebody else's problem. Yeah. Because
5: I'm not walking around with a telephone in my hand. But do you remember <laughs> the problem was that everything tech related? had a, like a programmed date into it. And the date was always like, the year was two digits. And so we're hitting yes. 90, it was like 97, 98, 99. Like how are going to have zero, zero? It got to the point of like, uh-oh, no yeah. one thought about the 2000 coming it was, out it, it really was a wild time back then. It was, a it was. Well, that was happening. She's dating Luis Miguel. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Yeah. What else was but, going so, on? I, spice Girls were
4: ruling the world. I you know what I was so entranced with Mariah during this time I was I was not thinking about anything else but I do remember like a couple of times I think maybe, like, when she was accepting the Billboard Award, which was, like, the following month after this, she said, like, Rainbow, this album Rainbow, was sort of her sign of hope for the new millennium. Mm-hmm. Like, you know? And that beautiful little poem that she writes in the beginning of the Rainbow album jacket. Yeah. Uh, a multitude of colors. Uh, don't yes. even get me started, girl. Celestial. Yeah. <laughs> Boundless,
5: breathtaking. <Yes. laughs> which came back around in 2000 and. 20, Twenty, yeah. As the really meaningful and deep all of a sudden.
4: I'm telling you, Mariah's always been ahead of her time. Yeah. Always. And this this episode here proves it. But let's let's dive into the actual show. Yes. It opens up. Yes. First of all, here's Oprah always announcing Mariah in a wild, <laughs> fanatic way, <laughs> yes. which I love. <laughs> No one can do it like Oprah. I love her. I love her. But I think my first gag for this whole episode was mm-hmm. when Mariah walked out from the audience through a broken
5: heart. Yes. Oh, my God. I was like, what? That she's inside of, and it splits open. The cameraman kind of screwed up the entrance because he didn't catch all the moments. Mm-hmm. But the idea of this heart that cracks open, I was thinking, why wasn't that always a thing? Right? Like, come on. Like, she should have had that in
4: every stage show. Ever. Like, come on. Still to this day, walk out of a broken heart, I'm down for it. Bring it it. back. (laughs) Why not? So she comes out, and of course she's wearing the classic rainbow attire. Yes. Which is the... crochet top. Mm Do you like the baby blue? For this, absolutely. Mm -hmm, I don't think it would have worked in the video. Yes. Just for the overall feel and, like, look of things. Yes, yes, For this, though, the way they have the lighting, if you look at the stage lighting, it's blues and purples and things. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, real. it works. Mm-hmm. Girl, it works. I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm.
5: this is professional. Yes. This is Oprah, honey. And we're really selling the jeans. We're, we're wearing the ripped top jeans. <laughs> hmm <laughs> Only Mariah
4: can pull them off like she does. But... Uh, in the first segment there, there's somebody in the audience that's wearing them. Mm-hmm. And its I swear to you, it's like an infomercial. It's Mariah on HSN before she was on HSN. <laughs> she was selling those cutoff jeans. Yeah.
0: So I saw someone. Can you yeah. stand up? Yeah. Look, she's got them on. Well, yeah. they look good. <laughs> let me explain what, what happened. What is this? this? Let me, okay, let These me are see. the ones you use from the... Uh... Well, these are not the exact ones because really I I signed these to give away, but really you got to fray the edges more. You got to fray them a little more, whoever did these. So, what is this? This is a new thing we're starting? Well, you know, it, it wasn't like I tried to start a new thing. We were doing the cover for The Heartbreaker. Um, CD, and they were, it was kind of like a cute, kitsch kind of photo shoot, and we were, uh, my stylist was folding, because you know when you button jeans, sometimes you sit, and then it, it's not very flattering to the midsection, yeah. in fact. Yeah. So, you know, when you get it, the little imprint, yeah. On you your get belly. the imprint, yeah. you get the, if it's too tight, you got to unbutton it. When you're sitting at the table, no one's looking. So basically, I had them folded down, and my stylist, Tanya Twist, um, she came, and I said, she had the scissors, and I was like, why don't you just cut it, instead of keep folding it down. So she cut them, and then they ended up bidding me better. And I don't like wearing jeans the other way now because they squished me too much here. It's not flattering.
4: Well, it was a moment. It was a moment. It was a moment. I was So the performance happens. I'm loving that they're playing
5: the remix. This is the first time that she had performed the remix. Yeah. I remember thinking, it was so funny to me because Brat and Missy Elliott had to really censor their parts. Oh, yeah. In Australia, we don't censor stuff like that. You can swear on TV all day long and say whatever you want. You can say, keep it stiff like wood. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) In the morning. (laughs) You can say anything. You can say the F word, everything, all day, every day. No, you cannot. Yes. You can say any swear. Any, whatever you want. Oh, gee. This has always been like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you sure? That's why I remember watching this going, what in the hell? Why are they so sensitive over there? Well, I remember at one
4: part in the show, which I actually, when I listen to live performances of Heartbreaker remix, yeah. I always sing Mariah's part from this performance because uh-huh. she does like a shoot-a-doop-doo-doo like instead of like what Missy's supposed to say, right, she yeah. sort of like shoot-a-doops around it. I do that in my head still now mm-hmm. when she does the remix. Mm-hmm.
5: Yes. <laughs> It's a good little censoring used
1: to moment. to, uh, 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 <laughs> used to me on my,
0: take that. Take that. Me. Uh. I keep I, on, keep on,
4: I it. was also a good girl power moment. Yeah. All three of these ladies up there doing it, Mm -hmm. tag teaming, and it was. uh, This is one of my favorite performances. Same. It's lively, it's energetic. Mariah's vocals are on point. Mm -hmm. We got Missy and Debrat just running about.
5: Mm -hmm. Perfection. Fun. Love it. All right, so Mariah performs, and then we go to break. But now we're at the couch. We change outfits real quick. Oh, yes. I was like, why has Mariah got a, a,
4: <laughs> a blanket thrown a over her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's her outfit. Well, oh, God.
5: But it. now I like it in hindsight. Oh, absolutely. It's a good at little... first I
4: was like, girl, I know it's cold in Chicago, and it very much was. And it was November? Yes. Uh-huh. So it was November 4th. Okay. So And that, I think, was... A Wednesday. I thought it was a sensible skirt. Yes. Mariah pulled it off really well. And she was wearing those nice tube top tops Mm -hmm. around this era as well. Mm -hmm. So I really, actually, I really liked it. It
5: was a totally different look for Mariah. Mm. But also, like, really stylish and cute. Yeah, but remember, when you're watching Oprah, you're in people's living rooms on the couch. Yes,
4: very comfortable. Yes,
5: yes. Relatable. We're all wearing that outfit. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah. So right off the bat, Oprah, I love how Oprah's always trying to dig Mariah into her juicy story. She's like, so what have you been up to? Uh And You got a new love in your life. And I think it was good that Mariah didn't steer away from the conversation Mm -hmm. just because, you know, when she was out promoting Rainbow... She was saying how, like, thank God I found you was because she found a new love in her life after divorce and stuff like that. So mm. I don't think Mariah could talk her way
5: out of that story.
0: Well, I've been trying my best to not talk about it too much, but since we're here, we got a little extra airtime. <laughs> yeah.
5: But also, Oprah's that place, the safe place you go to, and you can actually talk about it yeah. in a good way and, and feel comfortable. Yeah, so we got all the tea on how they met. Yeah. Which was cute. All right. Do Rich you believe people this, in Aspen. Do you believe there's the real estate agents? Yeah, because why? how – I mean, why – At the time, I thought it was cute, but then now watching it in today's world, I was like, why are they getting in my business so much? I'm not paying you to do that. I'm paying you to find me a house.
4: Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
5: yes.
4: <laughs> like, mind your own business. This is me, my life, and I. Yeah, I'm trying to have Christmas up here. <laughs> why are you hooking me but up on you a date? Know, I guess, like, when you're th- that level of rich and you're just, you know, renting houses all the time, like, I guess you just, like, know – you just mentioned things or something like that. I don't know. Because now that I think about it, wasn't that the same, like, oh, Mariah said that the real estate agent wanted to hook her up or introduce her to Luis Miguel, but like, Luis Miguel's Person said the same thing about Mariah and blah blah blah. Isn't that the same story that they said about Whitney? Yes, yes, yes. yes.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's her go-to story. Maybe I was like,
4: okay, so now that I think about it that way, now I'm like, maybe this is BS. Uh I don't know.
5: (laughs) See, we have to think about it. A little fishy, a little bit. By the way, if you're listening to this in the future, the book is not out yet, so we're literally back in time. Yes, so we might get some more intel later. Yes. So stay tuned. We could update. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a cute little story, and they look
4: cute together. They were a cute couple. It was fun. It was a good time. And they talk, you know, Mariah talks about how, you know, it's easy to relate to him because it's sh- in, he's in the same world that she is.
5: He's also famous.
4: Right. And a singer. Yeah. And there was that time, they were supposed to do that duet um, for uh, After Tonight yeah. on Rainbow. But Lost I, in the Files. I guess I think I remember somebody, maybe Mariah, saying that the vocals just didn't work together. Mm-hmm. Which is, hey, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be listening to that song now. Yeah, because I do love that song. Um, but same, and I'm so grateful she never worked with Nick Cannon either. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to that. Hell no. No. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so it all worked out well for everybody. <laughs> Twenty one years later. Now, just keep in mind that Rainbow had come out it was released. But it was supposed to be the All That Glitters that was meant Mm -hmm. to be the soundtrack. So she had Heartbreaker created the Rainbow album quickly.
4: Yeah. But I think she was able to take, you know, Heartbreaker from Glitter and then end on Love Tate, or not Love Tate's time, um, Thank God I Found You. Mm -hmm. She was able to put the album together so quickly because of that love story. Mm -hmm.
5: You know what I mean? She could create that story. Yeah. It worked. Well, I just don't think there was a, a huge thought out concept for the album which is why this conversation about being biracial is such a big a good topic mm-hmm. to be talking about on the Oprah show creates content and substance
4: yeah and i think it was also because of the new millennium coming up let's start having deeper conversations Mm -hmm. about humanity and about society and everything like that. And Mariah was the perfect person to go into that. And so once they get all the nonsense talk out of the way, Mm -hmm. Oprah and Mariah start talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, Mariah's life as a biracial person. And one of the first things she mentions is the song Outside from Butterfly.
1: I would never have imagined Mm -hmm. that you would have felt like an outcast. Right. And that is true that you felt like an outcast.
0: I definitely felt like an I don't know if it was an outcast, but I felt completely different. I felt like there was nobody who could fully understand my experience. What I felt was that no friend, nobody I grew up with, nobody in school could even come close to relating to my experience because you feel different. I wrote a song about it on the Butterfly album called "Outside," and it's about feeling ambiguous and without a sense of belonging. Like, like you said, you know, the issues people have when they're, you know, in.
1: Intra racism yeah, issues of yeah. being brown
0: skinned, darker than. Even just within the black community. If you're light right. skinned, if you're dark skinned, there's all different issues that everybody goes through. I, well, I this is an issue, and you
1: are a role model, you do know that, for a lot of biracial children.
0: I feel like that's the most important. If I've done anything, forget breaking any records, forget doing anything, because I didn't have a role model as an interracial person growing up. And to when people send me letters like that that say, you know, you have made me feel like it's okay to be mixed. It's okay to be who I am. That is my one accomplishment, I think, if I've done anything. you know, You've done a lot.
1: When we come back, <laughs> Mariah's mother says their family home was shot at and their pets were poisoned and the family's car was firebombed all because they were a multiracial family and for the first time Mariah's mother will join us to share uh some of the pain that their family endured we'll be right back with Mariah's mom Mariah Carey joins us today with her mother, Patricia, to talk about the personal struggle she had growing up biracial. Now, Patricia says that from the day she married Mariah's father, who was part black and part Venezuelan, it was an uphill battle. What year was that?
2: 1960.
1: Oh, boy. Were you ostracized by your own family? What happened with your own family?
2: Well, when I told my mother that I was going to marry a black man, she had the priest call me, and then I got married because I was in love with him, and I just felt it was the right thing to do. And did the family disown you afterwards? Yes. Yeah. Basically, what, like, you
1: still disowned, or
2: no? Or you want my to mother make peace died. about it? Yes. my mother died. But for years and years, she never even told her brothers and sisters, sister, uh, that I was married. I didn't tell anyone I was married. No one asked me. But in the neighborhood where you lived with your black husband, people knew you were married. So how, you, how were you treated then? Did you move into a black neighborhood, white neighborhood, mixed neighborhood? Initially, we moved into a white neighborhood and I was the person who purchased the house because we knew that if he came with me, we wouldn't get the house.
5: It's interesting to hear Patricia talk about marrying a black man and how it was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. You think it was a hundred years ago. Two hundred years ago, three hundred years ago, it was literally like thirty right. years ago.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking back at this episode is twenty-one years ago. Yeah, when Mariah's parents were married in nineteen sixty, which is it, not that long. It's not really not that long because yeah. even nineteen sixty from today's time, right? It's only sixty years. Yeah. People got grandmothers older than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just wild, you know, for people like you and I who didn't grow up in a segregated world, mm-hmm. you know, but Mariah really did. I mean, she was very young and things, but even Patricia says she didn't tell anybody she was married. Mm-hmm. She was disowned by her whole entire family. Mm-hmm. And she, she didn't mention it to the neighbors. Obviously they can see, Yeah, but there was no talk about it. She just didn't mention it. And it's really
5: sad that like you would have you can't mention who you're married to or that you even are married. Right. It's wild. It's it's really hard to get your head around it. And what's even more concerning is that people get bent out of shape over it. Other people. It's none of their business. It's why are you mad? Why are you mad? (laughs) Yeah.
4: This is my life. Why are you mad? And Patricia goes on and even they mentioned how their dogs were poisoned mm-hmm. and uh, just all the neighborhoods that they had to, like, move around to and everything like that. And, and the fact that, essentially, it ultimately, the biracial marriage mm-hmm. led to divorce, mm-hmm. which totally, that divorce totally then shaped Mariah's
5: life and path. Right.
4: For good ways and bad ways.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember watching this and it was... The first time, because my parents are a biracial couple, Mm -hmm. were, and it was the first time I heard someone else talk about that. Yeah. I had never heard anybody talk about her being in an interracial marriage before. We never had anything like that happen, like what Mariah talked about, poisoning dogs and all that kind of stuff. But it was different. You knew there was a different lifestyle than other cultures or people who married within the same race. But I remember the most profound thing was hearing these stories of people going to school and being mixed race and not fitting in. That was the first time I had ever heard anyone else. Oh my
4: god! Yeah, Yeah.
5: I think the biggest factor was that when you're in it, because that was my experience at school too. I didn't have a group I could fit into. I was always there was no one else that was half New Zealander, half Peruvian. There's no no one would like at all. There wasn't even other Latino kids, like even half Latino kids or uh, full Latino kids. In my school. So it's interesting that I was having that experience. And this was the first time I saw other people talk about it. And now I have language for that. Mm -hmm. Now now I'm like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah, absolutely. It was so profound. And and then realizing, oh, that's Mariah. That's Mariah's story too. That's when it becomes like hugely and overwhelmingly inspiring all of a sudden. Right. There's an instant connection. Yeah. And an instant gravity towards that. Mm -hmm.
4: And that... Sort of sticks with you, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the Oprah show in this particular episode, they they profile three girls, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you, at least the two girls, maybe not the younger girl, because she there was a young girl who wrote a poem that was very similar to like Mariah when she was young,
5: mm-hmm.
4: writing. Yes, um, or Mariah even tells the the story we've all heard a million times how she was coloring her family with the crayons, and the teacher's like, no, mm-hmm. but that little girl sort of was the representation of Mariah when she was a little girl, but I bet you the two teenage girls that they profile, I bet you they still have a connection to Mariah to this day. Oh, for sure. Because that, that you just don't, when you connect on that type of a level, because it's like, oh, I've never seen anybody or met anybody like that, um, that, it just, it's lifelong. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a
5: solidifying moment in your life. Yeah, but you also see someone be successful that is like you, and all of a sudden, you can start to orientate yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can do that, too.
4: Yeah, and I think there was a little bit of touching upon Mariah's success. Maybe there... Because they started talking about shades of color Mm. and how Mariah was on the lighter side of shade, and they didn't necessarily say lighter side of, you know, the color spectrum. Uh, But they didn't necessarily directly say it, but they spoke on colorism and how Mariah being a little lighter... People would not imagine that she was even biracial. What
0: are you supposed to do? People take you for what you look like visually. They, they'll even still today.
1: Now, th- this is what's so amazing to me because I grew up a color girl. I mean, literally, when we were called colored, colored girls, right. and you know, being dark skin is a whole nother issue. Mm-hmm. But um, I would have all, you know, when I would see somebody like you, I would my initial impression would be. You know, first of all, I wouldn't know what nationality or race right. you were. But my impression based upon your skin color or even hearing that you were biracial is that you would have had this perfectly wonderful life. Mm-hmm.
5: So do you know what's funny? So I had, um, Misty Copeland was on our show a couple of years ago. I had an aha moment in that interview. When? So, so watching this Oprah episode, what, I, what connected to me was that when she said, my father's Venezuelan, my mother's Irish, white, to me that was the connecting points in my life because my mother's Peruvian, Peru's right next to Venezuela, my father's okay, white, okay. so that's where that was. I saw Mariah as my skin colour, as a, like Latina and white. Oh, So when Misty was talking about seeing her as black, I was like, oh wait, Mariah's black? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? Duh. But then they well, am like, of course she's black. Well, duh, right? But well, she's also Latina. I mean, but, and
4: that's where the colorism sort of comes into play because, you know, you can be such a wide array of things, but again, it's something that wasn't spoken about. Mm-hmm. So you don't learn this, and especially if you grow up in certain neighborhoods and certain, you know, cultural areas... Of the world, let alone your own state or country, yeah. you don't know how to grasp any of that. Right. So it, it's it's
5: fascinating. Well, that's the enigma of Mariah, that she kind of, you don't know, her, her shades of skin color fit into all kinds of categories. Yeah. When she's tanned and I'm tanned, we're the same tone. Oh, yes, absolutely. But I think there was a strategic, I think on Tommy
4: Mottola's part, the record label's part, to make her... More, more mainstream. Yeah. by making her whiter. Yeah, you know, and not talking about. So I don't think the general public ever really connected with the black side of Mariah. Right. I never looked at her like that. Right. Until this episode. Right. Right. I and never... I. And who do you think nowadays? You know, I see out on the social media that people are shocked that Mariah is black. Yeah. I'm like, girl, where have you been? Yeah. Just because her shade is so much lighter doesn't mean she's not. So they profile three girls and Bridget, she has, she is Black, Indian, and white. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm not any of those things. I'm just me. Because mm-hmm. you
5: don't think of that, but others think of you in a certain way. Yeah. Well, this story, this was interesting that in this episode, we're seeing other people have the same experience. That's what was really eye-opening to yeah. this biracial conversation. It's such a common thing. People connecting to it and seeing themselves in this, in this particular Oprah interview.
1: Now let's meet Bridget. Growing <laughs> up, she could not play with other kids in her neighborhood because, she says, they didn't like the color of her skin. It wasn't until she heard a song by Mariah Carey in the sixth grade that she realized that she was not alone and that she had the strength to carry on.
3: My father is actually black, white, and Indian. And my mother is white. Walking in my shoes, it's a bumpy, hard, long road. And as
1: biracial children, Bridget and her sister Heather endured the cruel things that people would say.
3: People would call me Zebra, Oreo, Mutt. Instead of calling me by my name, they'd say, hey, black and white. My heart was broken. I'd go home and I'd cry at night, wondering what was wrong with me.
1: Bridget found solace by writing out her feelings.
3: My journal. In my music, in my room was my hiding place. That's where I could go to write my feelings, my thoughts. I was depressed for a long time, and it got better in the sixth grade. Mariah Carey, I came out with her first album, and there was this song on there, There's Got to Be a Way.
1: Mariah's music, Bridget, found her own way. She surrounded herself with everything Mariah, and it helped her through the days. I
3: have Mariah above the door, I have Mariah on the door, and when I wake up in the morning, she is the first person I see. Her music has really lifted me. She's the one that found that crack in my soul and just opened me up and changed me completely.
5: Again, interesting to hear her story, of what it's like to be at school, and the names I called her, and her sister too. She had a sister, right? Yeah, yeah, Heather. Heather. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bridget and Heather.
4: Yeah, girl. You know Bridget <laughs> and Heather.
5: What was cute was to see her at home with her Mariah collection.
4: Yes. Oh my God. I was like, girl, that's me. Yeah. I got that magazine. Yeah, I got that yeah, magazine. Yeah.
5: But then here comes that song again, There's Got to Be A Way. Still Shining Through. There you go. From Mariah's debut album talking
4: about all these things that should be should have been spoken about years and decades ago. Mm-hmm. And here we are, fast forward even, and it's still relevant. It's a very relevant song.
5: Yeah, but it goes to show you that even back then in 1990, Mariah was experiencing these things uh, enough that she could articulate it and create a piece of artwork from it. Yeah, I
4: think without that song, there would have been probably even less conversation about Mariah and race. Mm -hmm. That song gave, you know, the public or listeners... A little bit of something, like a little question in their head. Like, oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then, of course, she went on and did that. I think it was like an Ebony magazine cover where they gave her, you know, the the title of Not Another White Girl Trying to Sing Black, Mm -hmm. which was big. Oh, my God. Mariah's Black.
3: People
5: were freaked. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I remember when I was watching Precious in the cinema.
4: Mm -hmm.
5: I was watching it here. I was on 125th Street in the cinema there. The audience was mostly Black, and that scene when Miss Weiss is talking to Precious, and then Precious is asking her, like, what are you anyway? You mixed? You Black? What are you? The audience was like, yeah, what is she? Oh, I don't know. The audience was chiming in. Like, it was still a thing. It still is a thing, because they didn't see this Oprah episode. They didn't. They didn't.
4: (laughs) Here Mariah is on the biggest talk show, daytime talk show of the moment, and people still didn't see it. They still don't know. They still don't get it. It's almost like... You could equate it to her songwriting ability. Yeah. People don't get it. Uh-huh. They, you know, you have to like drill it into their head. Mm-hmm. Just that's why Mariah keeps drilling her 500 hours of beauty school in our head because yes. people just won't believe it. Yeah. But one of my favorite things about Bridget when she had that poster of Daydream on the back mm-hmm. of her door, I was like, "Girl, that is so me. <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But of the three girls, so they, there were three girls and they all have amazing and great stories, you know, and Mariah showed them love and stuff. But I will say the tearjerker moment for me when Mariah started crying.
5: Uh-huh. Oh, girl. I was out. It was like ugly
4: cry. Like, yeah. About to become ugly cry. <laughs> she, and she was hiding it so yeah, much. Yeah. She was hiding it so much. But I was like, girl, don't you start crying I on know. me. Don't you even start it. Yeah. So the whole talk and the conversation with Patricia and Oprah and the girls and everything was literally, she, I think she needs to do that again. Mm-hmm. Just to sort of reiterate. Oh, totally. And, and bring the conversation up again, especially in today's climate. Yeah. So I think Oprah needs to come back just for a Mariah episode. It would be fascinating. Yes. Yeah. And then Oprah sort of
5: ends the show. This is when Oprah was getting serious. Okay, she was getting serious. She had a segment... That was controversial-ish called Remembering Your Spirit, mm-hmm. which BT dubbed during the coronavirus lockdown, those are some moments I was like, I could really do with some Remembering Your Spirit right now. Please, I please. was missing Remembering Your <laughs> Spirit. In the day, I hated it. I was like, what is this? Because I was young.
4: Yep. Didn't get it. Same here. Same here. I yeah. was like, oh, In Your Spirit's on? I guess the show's over. Uh-huh. Click. <laughs> yeah. Next. But this time she switched it up. Yes, this is what uh, Remembering Your Spirit should always be. (laughs) A Mariah song. Absolutely, (laughs) that's what it is.
1: (laughs) In today's Remembering Your Spirit, because you know we always like to do that, Mariah Carey is going to sing us a song that she says is so very special to her because she wrote it to do exactly what we've been doing in the show to help young people who are going through hard times and need a way to find some inner peace. She calls it Mariah's Theme.
4: So she performs uh, Can't Take That Away, Mariah's Theme. And was that the the first time she'd done it live since the album (sighs) came out? Okay, so technically I believe yes, but actually no. Because on the Today Show, she sang it. Oh. But you know, if you ask me my personal opinion, she did not actually sing the song. (laughs) Oh, she was up to her things. (laughs) She was up to her trickery during that one. It's early in the morning. I get it. I understand. You wouldn't catch me out there trying to sing. (laughs) But this, so I do believe this was the first time that she actually gave us a full live performance. And it was beautiful. Super good. A new outfit, too? Yes. But don't we love the hair too? The, the hair was the same throughout the whole thing. No, hang on. I feel like
5: after the break there was a, a zigzag side split. Okay, maybe.
4: <laughs> yes, because I think at one point did she have a barrette in her hair? She did, and then they so they, there was a hair change, but it was subtle.
5: Yeah, yeah. They, they zigzagged it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. The part down the middle, mm-hmm, which I loved. Yes,
4: um, but back
5: in the day, the attention to detail. Girl, that's, these little
4: things is yeah. what you had to do to show that you were a famous celebrity, yes. that you were better than the average Joe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But this performance is beautifully done. I love how she switches up the melody and the little parts here and there. And they sort of spliced it together with um, like a montage of interracial families, right? you know, to sort of bring the whole thing together. Uh Uh-huh. You know, Mariah and Oprah together is perfection. Yeah. Name me a moment where it wasn't perfection.
5: I know, I know. They're all great.
4: The Mariah Oprah moment and this is probably my favorite episode of Mariah and Oprah and I've seen some of these episodes the charm bracelet one is a very close
5: second mm-hmm. but I was there for charm bracelets so I do have a soft spot for yeah. it no this episode was a very um, definitive moment for me yeah in terms of signing away my life <laughs> and here we are and now here we are <laughs> oh this is kind of where it all started really <laughs>
4: Mariah and Oprah, yeah. <laughs> that team right there, get you hooked. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the episode, and I think you guys should all go back, take a take
5: a listen, take a watch. It's really good. And and just you know, enjoy. Well, that was fun. Thanks. I love it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Don't forget, leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you had a good time. That helps us with the charts. Mm-hmm. Share it with your friends. Relive the moments with everybody. Um, yeah, and have whoever comes over to your house next,
4: whoever you allow in during this quarantine 2020, you sit them down and you watch this episode with them. You yeah. can get it on the YouTube. Yes. So, that's that's your homework. It's so nostalgic too and fun. It is. It's a great episode. So, yeah. share it with one of your friends and then share this podcast with them too. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Guys, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: We want to say thank you to Mariah for sharing such a personal side of herself today. Uh, Mariah's new album is called Rainbow, and everybody here gets a
3: copy. Underneath. Rainbow. Thank you. Thank you. I love you.